Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. May 8th is the date that uh, some practice facilities uh, will open. I would imagine our, our opening date will be a few days later for no other reason other than we just want to make sure that we get it right, that we have our staffs and players full confidence that they're coming into a safe environment. And I think Adam said this on a GM call, probably the safest places that our players can be are the practice facilities. And, you know, it's you got health performance uh, officials here to take care of them. You have you have uh, the world's best facilities. Um, obviously, our facilities are quite private and protected, so it's not like they're going to be going to a health club where there may be more traffic. So um, I don't I don't have an exact date for you. But uh, just know that we're following all the league and local state health officials' protocols. Our protocols may go above and beyond that. And so Mike Elliott wanted to slowly stage uh, our players coming back into the facility. And and we look forward to them getting back and and, uh, keeping them safe and then seeing what their conditioning levels are and and working with them uh, on on a skill basis as well moving forward forward all right that was dennis Lindsay on the show yesterday talking about the timeline for the jazz to really get things started gordon and you know something as simple as uh they're going to be able to have the players come to the practice facility in some way shape or form seems like such a such a little thing uh a few months ago right you know such a minute little detail but it's a huge huge deal and dennis said they're not going to go right on the day on on the 8th they want a couple of days to get things in order and then uh, they're going to bring them in and work them start working them out yeah and this is going on uh, well we see the beginnings of this going on uh, with the nba but also Apparently, uh, there was a team in Major League Baseball, the Cleveland Indians, who reportedly instructed uh, their players to uh, to that they were hoping to begin spring training two in mid June, and told them to be ready by July first. Now, others have said that's not written in any kind of uh, solid way uh, that it could uh, fluctuate a bit. But I I thought that was opening day, July first. That. If uh, if it can be done safely, that would be uh, pretty fun to watch. It would be, and I, I'm glad that we're seeing the wheels start to turn a little bit. I know you, uh, in particular, were excited about the, the return of your beloved Bundesliga soccer. Yes, that's apparently they – were, they were targeting uh, sometime in May to get uh, fired up again and to be gone by the end of the month. And they were waiting for uh, German officials. Angela, is it Merkel? Is that the uh, prime minister over there? Anyway, she, uh, I think, is uh, is uh, giving the uh, okay for that. And so, uh, of course, it'll be played in empty stadiums. But that's sort of what we expected at this point, isn't it? Yeah, at this stage, I think so. And maybe if they tackle this challenge, maybe getting fans in some capacity is is the next one. But, I mean, th- this whole situation, Gordon, it, it feels like life is so moment to moment, doesn't it? You yeah. know, like uh, what's uh, Bill, the Bill Murray movie, What About Bob, where he's like, baby step to the, 
bathroom, baby step on the bus. You know, like he, he used to say that. It feels like everything's just these little steps where we're trying to to do what we can. And, uh, you know, it's it's certainly interesting to watch. Well, we've been joking about the South Korean baseball, but uh, that's that's underway now. And so bit by bit, the countries who are, I don't want what do we call them? I don't, it's more advanced. I don't know if that's uh, fair to say it that Further way. along. Yeah. Like further down uh, the road. Right. And so they are, uh, they are starting to, uh, to get back to little hints and bits and pieces of, of uh, some of their more normal activities. They're doing them in unique ways. And I'm all for that because I'm all for public health and public safety. Uh, but, we are seeing indications that maybe the sports world is coming back a little bit. Yeah, <clears throat> and the sports world's going to have to to adapt pretty majorly. Uh, I think that much is known, and we're we're maybe seeing a little bit of that. We talked about the Dolphins' plan uh, yesterday, and at least they're trying to make a plan. We're going to talk about the NBA a little more today, especially after what Dennis Lindsay said that you know they're going to do what they have to do to function. And I think that's I think that's great. I think that's what we're all going to have to do in various ways, shapes, and forms. I, I think that was really interesting what he said, what Dennis said about uh, these these facilities being some of the safer places the players could be. Now, obviously, what makes this work is ongoing testing, right? Because if you're having human interaction, uh, and basketball can get rather physical at times, and I don't know how many players at a time they would allow in initially or whether that would be uh, baby steps like you were talking about toward uh, practices and whatnot. But you're going to have to test, and that's what they're going to do over in Germany. I think they're going to do regular tests of those players, and I'm all for that as long as other people in the public who need testing can, can, uh, can get it. Now, see, that's that's the thing with the the facilities opening up, and I'm asking this question because I, I legitimately do not know. Do we is there going to be a testing protocol for the them to come back and work out? I don't think we've we've heard that because that would be really big news. Wouldn't you have to? I mean, if you're gathering now, if individual players are going in there and they're working out one by one, maybe not so much but if you have a group of players coming in from different places don't wouldn't you have to have that sort of ongoing process i don't know i i'm i'm asking cuz cuz yeah. i don't know cuz that has not been something that has been touched upon i don't because the the big story there is they can't the nba can't look like they're taking tests away from people that need it right and so that's a that that's a big part of this i think they would have to have all those testing protocols that you're talking about to have some sort of competition but just to have players back working out of facility I, I don't know. Here's here's the official from Jeff Zilgit of USA okay. Today. It says that temperatures must be taken for anyone entering the facility and monitor everyone for symptoms, and they must have a designated COVID-19 testing area, but there is no required testing to uh, come into the facility. Okay, so wait. They have a testing area, but you don't have to be tested to enter. I would I would assume that as they monitor their symptoms and take their temperature, if someone is exhibiting symptoms or the temperature is heavy, they'll usher them into that isolated testing area and await a test. Right. What That'd about the twenty five percent that don't show symptoms? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think 
I don't think it's ever going to be possible to totally eliminate the risk. And I think they're trying to minimize it as much as they can under mm-hmm. under the law. So I don't, I don't know, but it does. You not might s- have it right now, Gordon. You don't have any symptoms, though. Yeah, that's, that's just the kind problem. of the thing. They said, didn't they say twenty five percent are asymptomatic? Well, I don't know how they Isn't know it, that, but d- what did they say about uh, those without symptoms and how contagious they are? Are they, are they as contagious? No, I'm wondering if they oh, are. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm pretty sure you have to you have to exhibit something, like you have to sneeze or cough or something to pass it on, don't you? Well, of course, as usual, I've heard reports from both sides of that, so I don't hmm. know. I thought you could pass it on by heavy breathing. Yeah, with, with it's got to be vaporized, the, though. The droplets, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, who knows what we're all sharing out there. I mean, it's this one thing that we're finding out uh, is that these uh, these droplets do get passed around. Uh, I mean, when you sit down to have a meal with somebody, like a, a year ago, Jake, and everybody's laughing and having a good time, were you worrying about people, you know, sharing droplets uh <laughs> I, and I don't know uh, if, if if the droplets go into somebody else's food, does that pass it along or does it have to be a direct hit? You know, I don't know, Gordon, but I, I'll, these are technical terms. <laughs> I, I will. I'll share. I'll share my attitude about it. I'm trying not to worry at all. Now, don't don't take me wrong. That doesn't mean I'm not aware of it and and making sure that I, I follow the guidelines. But this is me personally. I'm I'm trying not to. Have worry. I'm trying to do what I'm told and be smart about it. But there's there is a certain amount of inevitability, you know, to it. You could catch it. We could catch it. You know, it, it, you're never going to 100 percent, you know, prevent this from happening in any way, shape or form, just like you can't do it with the flu. You know, mm. I'm not com- now people out there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing the the flu's uh, mortality rate or in, in any way, shape or form other than the coronavirus is a flu. They are related. Right. And so you can be, you know, Austin is as careful with this sort of stuff even before this as anybody that I know. And Austin, uh, to my knowledge, has had the flu before. So it. Hey, HIPAA, take it easy. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, we, we've got to operate smartly and, and reduce the, the risk as much as possible. But I'm trying not to be, and this is just me, I'm not telling anybody what to do, but I'm just, I, I don't want to live my life like that, you know, with the, with the constant worry. Well, if, if these guys, let's say the NBA were to start practicing again and, and then get ready for whatever they can you know, kind of put together for a postseason. We don't want those guys to get sick. Uh, we, even if we're not at risk uh, directly, nobody wants to see any of those guys get sick. And and so that's, I don't know. It just it just feels different when people say, well, people get the flu. You know, I mean, I, yeah, I understand that people do get the flu. And that's not but, what I was saying, but, by the way. No, I know. I know. I'm just, I'm, this is, this is okay. a separate All thought. Right. All right. I'm just thinking that this is different, man. This is this this has a, a greater impact, and and I understand a lot of people die from the flu and whatnot, but th- this this seems to have grabbed everyone's attention, and I don't think it's out of media hype or anything else. I mean, it's to be t- taken very seriously, and that's why the NBA has been so responsible in its uh, in its reaction to it. So we'll see. We'll see how they handle it. But I think testing will have to be a part of it. I don't know how it can't be. Well, what, to, to enter the facilities or to play games? Uh, 
I think that's uh, a, I think to play games. But but here's Gordon just just kind of adding on to to what you were saying uh, right there real quick. Like there there is going to be risk if this is going to proceed any further because it would be impossible for there to be no risk. It just it right. it'd be completely impossible. Uh, so the the thing is the players. And staff, coaches, everybody. I mean, keep in mind that we there. There are some older coaches in the NBA. You know, everybody is going to have to be comfortable with that risk. Right. And right. there are going to be players or coaches or staff or or somebody uh, going into this thing that's going to raise their hand and say, "I'm not comfortable." And the reaction to that has got to be like, "Okay, we'll work it out." Yeah. But mm-hmm. you you know nobody can be forced to take on that risk. But but don't get me wrong, that risk is going to be there. You can try and make that risk down to as close to zero as you possibly can, but there's no way to get it all the way there. And there's always that chance that somebody's going to, to you know, get positive from who knows what, touching a doorknob. You can never completely get rid of it. So the people that do it will have to be comfortable with that risk, 100%. But that, that's, going to be, that's going to be a bridge that, that every player, coach, and staff member is going to have to cross at some point if this is going to proceed. This is why... Uh, when we talked with Frank Layden the other day, this is why people, healthcare workers, are freaking heroes. Because they are being exposed to it at some level by being there to help those in need. Yep, 100%. And yeah, they're doing everything they can to stay safe. But these are, these are heroes. And uh, I, I think you could say that about anybody who provides a service in our society. I'm glad you said That's that because shout out to the grocery store workers and the yes. truckers and uh, police officers, firefighters. I mean, everybody who's, who's figuring out ways to make it possible for people to stay safe. Big shout out All to them because right. yeah. they are heroes. Te- teachers, yeah, 100%. Well, we need to eat. Right. At and, some and those... level, we need to learn. We need to, we need to function at some level. And there are people out there who who are on those front lines. And and whether you think that uh, athletes, professional athletes, fit into that category, whether we think that's necessary or not, then that's, that's I guess, that's a judgment call. Uh, if they do provide a service for people as far as their enjoyment goes. And those who seem to be uh, mitigating the, the idea of keeping everyone isolated at every minute – that's what they seem to bring up. They bring up the mental health aspect, how those in society need to feel, have some ability to function and, and not be paralyzed as far and, and troubled and worn down because of their inability to support their household. Well, that and reminds me, by the way, not to interrupt a rant, but I'm angry at you. I forgot about all this. What's well, a. Uh, because you're talking about the health and mental health and all that stuff for, for everybody. And I, while I was sitting out on my driveway yesterday evening, saw two Monson gals, including your lovely wife, Lisa. And uh, we said hi, of course, as, uh, as they were riding by. And Lisa said that you didn't want to come. And I was just disappointed. I, I had a chance to see you in person yesterday, Gordon, and you could have been out and enjoying the fresh air and you could have had a, you know, a safely distanced conversation with your old buddy, Jake. Yeah, they didn't tell me they were going to go by your place, but mm-hmm. uh, I was I was I had a long day yesterday, uh, you know, swinging the pick in the salt mine and whatnot. And so I had already uh, put in my hours of exercise, and so I passed on that particular trip. Had I known they were going to go to by your place, I probably would have wanted to join in. It was nice to see them. It seemed like they were having fun. 
I did see your ride though, because your daughter was was uh, riding your bike. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. It's pretty it? snazzy, like snazzy ride. Yeah. Looked like they were uh-huh. having a lot of fun, uh, and it was great to see him. But I was disappointed. I thought, oh man. It would have been he good to see Gordon because I talked to you every day. I was telling somebody about this yesterday. I talked to you every day, but I haven't seen you, seen you in a month and a half. That is kind of weird. It, isn't it is weird. It's it's really weird. Uh, they said that as you reported on the show yesterday is that you were going to have a bit of a bonfire. <laughs> it was not a bonfire. <laughs> but they said that you were you had the fire going. Uh, out front. Yeah, we did. Out front. We were uh, smoking up the whole neighborhood. <laughs> uh, we did not get to the marshmallows, no. Uh, we were just... S'mores? No. Nope, didn't do it. We had all the makings of s'mores. I did that we, last night. We did not do it. You did? Oh, yeah. How was it? It was terrific. Good. Have you ever had a bad s'more? No, that's a good Even point. Even when you burn it? Yeah, right. It's still... It's amazing. It's still incredible. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, but yeah, it was nice. But it was it was good to see a couple of members of the Monson crew. Now, when you guys Soon, do Papa Monson is going to ride his bike down and say hi to me. I, I will. I'll, I'll make sure I'm a part of that uh, uh, one of these times. When you guys do the s'mores, do you do the Hershey's chocolate or do you do Reese's or what do you what do you mix in? Do you mix it up or why you limit yourself? It? You do it all. Yeah, get creative. <laughs> My wife though, she's she's a Hershey's milk chocolate fan. That is her favorite. So that's usually okay. what we get. All right. But yeah, the well, those, are, those are flavors that, for whatever reason, taste great together. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.